The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and you are listening to Hemp Present. If you have feedback, would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. And Hemp Present is exactly what we're going to do today. Hempologist John Dvorak has studied cannabis, hemp, and its prohibition for more than 25 years. John developed the cannabis curriculum to encourage research into the beneficial aspects of industrial hemp and medicinal cannabis and the devastating effects of marijuana prohibition. His traveling hemp museum includes raw materials, artifacts, and finished products made from hemp. He's written articles for numerous publications and websites while providing advice, guidance, and counseling for those entering the cannabis hemp space. I invited him here today so we can dive into the hemp street behind it all. Welcome, John, to Cannabis Radio the hempiest place on earth. It's not an actual place. Thanks, Vivian. It's great to be here. My pleasure, my friend. Um, you know, you are such a stalwart in the whole cannabis hemp community. Um, I, I often like to start off by asking my guests how and when they were first introduced to the plant. Uh, how did you be, begin the path to being the happy hempologist that you are today? Well, we'd have to go back to High school when I was working at Six Flags over America and outside of Fort Worth, that's when I smoked marijuana the first time and um, became a regular cannabis consumer during college in my early 20s. And um, unfortunately, I also drank a lot, drank too much. And um, marijuana actually helped me quit drinking about over 15 years ago. So I'm very very happy. It helped me quit drinking and quit smoking cigarettes. So I used to have a beer belly. And now I got a pot belly. And <laughs> I'm proud of it. But it's cannabis. Marijuana has saved my life. And it's really enlightened me in numerous ways. And so I feel like it's my job to help give back and uh, help other people. Well, you've been doing a great job of that. Uh, I want to talk about your hemp museum. Uh, but first, what, what qualifies hemp to have its own museum? Can you give us a few historic hemp highlights? Yeah, well, hemp has been around for thousands and thousands of years. It originated in Asia over 10,000 years ago. And uh, back then, all throughout Asia, people would get married wearing hemp clothes. And then when they died, they'd be covered with a hemp and shroud. This is how much respect they had for this plant. They used the entire plant. They used the fiber for nets to fish, bowstrings to hunt. Some of the first paper ever made contained hemp fiber. They would burn the herds, the woody inner part of the stalk for, for fuel. 
and they would eat the seeds for nutrition and burn the hemp seed oil in lamps. And of course they used the flowers for medicinal, therapeutic and uh, religious purposes. So it's just, it's been a whole, they use the entire plant for thousands of years. It made its way all around the world. Almost every language has its own word for cannabis and hemp. It's amazing. The, and um, in India, over 1500 years ago, they built this complex of temples in these caves called the Ellora Caves. And they realized that the artifacts in these caves were, were very well preserved. And when they looked into it, they, they determined that they had put a hemp plaster on the walls of these caves over 1500 years ago. And this had helped moderate the humidity and temperature in those caves and preserve the artifacts. So it's really amazing. And we're finding a lot of the same properties now with hempcrete and hemp plaster today. So history is repeating itself as we learn more and more about this plant, how it was used and how we're using it today. So there's tons of history out there. So really what, what prohibition has done is deny humanity uh, our natural heritage. And, and it's probably true The the late Native American uh, activist and musician John Trudell had a great song, and one of the lines was, "My D, my D, my DNA needs THC," and that's probably accurate, right? Right. It seems to be. You know, it, we've been using this plant for for thousands of years, and it has been ingrained in society. So, I I, I need THC. That's for sure. It definitely helps me. Let's talk about your traveling hemp museum. Uh, what's sure. the four one one on the four two zero? What should people know about? traveling hip museum well i i take this around and show it show it off to people just so that they can see all the different uses things that you can make out of hemp you know you can make food products body care products all sorts of clothing biodegradable plastic tree-free paper it's just amazing when people see all these different products laid out next to the raw materials i'll bring some stalks and so that they can see what a stalk looks like. And then, because that's a question, you know, what is hemp in the first place? Our government defines hemp in the 2018 Farm Bill as cannabis with no more than 0.3% THC. But I say all cannabis is hemp. Every cannabis plant, you can use the stalk, seed, and root to turn into hemp products. So the next time you're cleaning some marijuana, take a look at a stem. That stem is a little piece of hemp. And if you break that stem, you'll see these little bitty fibers. Those are bast fibers that they use to make rope, clothing, paper, and so many different things. So I don't care what our government says, all cannabis is hemp. And when I lay it out on the table there and let people see all the current products being made with it, as well as some of the historic books that document its use and its cultivation over the years, it really lets them know, hey, this plant is very versatile and it's got a great history. And you do something called the cannabis curriculum. Is that what you just talked about or is that something else? That's, that's a, my educational program that I, I give talks to schools like all the universities up here in New England. A lot, of the, a lot of them have normal chapters or SSDP, Students for Sensible Drug Policy. And I go in and I have like 35 slides in my cannabis curriculum talk. And each one is about a different subject. And I try to give students ideas about if they want to need to write a term paper or a project or a research effort, no matter what class they're in, there's an aspect of cannabis hemp 
that they can apply it to, whether it be medical marijuana, industrial hemp, or the, the social effects of the drug war. Cannabis touches all parts of society, and there's just so many different facets. And that's what I think the cannabis curriculum lets people understand, wow, it doesn't matter what class I'm in, I could do a paper on some type of cannabis, hemp, or its prohibition. And uh, so I really like doing that. You know, I'm an old hippie and, and I <laughs> was introduced to cannabis, you know, in high school, you know, smoking weed sure. and stuff. Um, but there was a point where I discovered hemp and a lot of people, a lot of Americans still don't know the history of hemp uh, and, and all of its various aspects. They think that, that, you know, cannabis slash marijuana is just something that people use to get high or maybe they might, and they probably know about the medical aspects of it. We got about two minutes. Um, when did you first find out about hemp? Well, when I was up here in Boston in the early 90s and I joined Normal and MassCan Normal, I realized that there's a lot of a hemp history up here. There's a lot of shipbuilding. They use the ropes and the, the canvas sails for all the sailing ships. And so I realized that, um, hey, wow, it's cannabis is marijuana, but there's also the rope, the fiber and the stalk can be turned into rope and sails. And during the age of sail, sailing ships were so important for exploration, commerce, trade, and warfare that it was just, I realized, and there's a lot of shipbuilding up here in New England, including on the, um, the Boston Navy Yard in Charlestown, where the USS Constitution is stationed. So I just was able to start documenting this, and they made this the rope in a, these long wooden buildings called rope walks. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote a poem called The Rope Walk, and they had rope walks all over the place in Boston, up, all up and down the eastern seaboard. There are over 150 rope walks by 1800. So it was just, just amazing, all the history out there, and that's why I've been collecting it and documenting it and sharing it with people. And, and you know, it's a part of our American history. We, we have to go to a break, but uh, hemp was a legal tender in the 13 colonies, right? And the first that's draft right. of the Constitution was on uh, a mixture with, with hemp parchment. That's right. You could pay your taxes with hemp in some colonies, and some colonies put a bounty on it, and a couple of our early presidents actually grew hemp on their plantations. Um, very important. So it's, it's a part of our national legacy, our national history. It's a part of the soul of America. It is, but there's a key point is that Russia was also growing a lot of hemp back then, and they were able to grow higher quality hemp at a lower price so American farmers could not compete with Russian hemp. As a result, we imported huge amounts of Russian hemp fiber, and we used that to weave into canvas sails or twist into ropes. So hemp cultivation in America never really became as widespread as it did for other crops like corn, cotton, wheat, and rice. We were importing a lot of Russian hemp fiber instead. I'm talking to hempologist John Dvorak. We are going to take a quick break and come back, and we're going to hemp present some more. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We're back on 10%. Um, John, what were you doing when you first, when, when did you first become aware of John, of uh, Jack Herrer's book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, and how much of an impact uh, did that have on your awareness? Were you already aware of industrial hemp? You know, that was, again, in the early 90s was when I was with Mass Can, and uh, when I did start getting into hemp, that's that was one of the key books, Jack Herrer's The Emperor Wears No Clothes. That was a seminal book that a whole generation of hempsters cut our teeth on. And uh, Chris Conrad also wrote a, an excellent book called Hemp Lifeline to the Future. Mm, yes. Those were two of the, the mainstay books back then that really opened my eyes and, uh, you know, made us understand all the different things you could do with the, the cannabis hemp plant, as well as its rich history. Can you tell us a, a little bit more about a few of the hemp museum artifacts that you're most proud of? Sure. You know, I've got several, uh, a lot of old books, a lot of old USDA, United States Department of Agriculture yearbooks, including the 1913 yearbook that has like a 60 page article on hemp. And they talk about all the cultivation and how it's grown, the history of hemp. So I really love collecting old books that are, that show, that document how hemp was grown and what they were using it for. I also have some old, an old, uh, piece from England that shows when they were actually giving uh, bounties in England. It was from, I believe, in the 1600s, with talking about how important hemp was there. I've got a, a 1739 print, a, an actual picture of a cannabis plant that was drawn in 17, 1700s that I'm really proud of. So it's, there's a lot of great a lot of great history out there that's uh and there's still more to be documented and more to be uncovered and that's why i've put a bunch of articles and books out on hempology.org that people should go out there and study learn more about history uncover some more hemp nuggets and then let me know what you find so so it's it's called the traveling hemp museum uh where do you travel to <laughs> Usually it's in the New England area. Unfortunately, I, I'm not able to travel across the country as much as I'd like to, but um, we do, you know, go around up here to different events. And uh, there was a documentary, a guy that's making a documentary on hemp and cannabis, and he came up here. So I, I spread my entire uh, library and museum out in our big room here and let him photograph that for the documentary. So hopefully we'll be on Netflix in a couple of years. So that'll be nice. 
Awesome. So do you, you load the car up full of as much stuff as you can cram in there, right? And get on the road and make it happen. Yeah, I've just got like a, a carry, carry on suitcase that I really cram full of stuff, a bunch of different small pieces and artifacts, things like that, that it's not really that huge amount of a space that I take with me on my travel, you know, my trips, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun though. Hempology.org is your website. What can people expect to find there? I've downloaded over 200 books, PDFs of articles, journals, images, going back into the 17, 1800s that show, you know, all the, the great uses of hemp and all the different, um, it goes across all societies, you know, I've got some Chinese, some Asian articles in India, Europe, a lot of European articles. And uh, during the 1700s, they grew a lot of hemp in Pennsylvania. And a colleague of mine, Les Stark, is going around. But in Pennsylvania, they use these large conical stones. They're called hemp stones to crush the stalk. And Les is going to, around to all the old hemp mills in Pennsylvania and locating these hemp stones and preserving those for future you know, just preserving them. And I'd like to get a hemp stone up here <laughs> and put it in our yard, but that would, that's a pretty tall order. But there's a, there's a lot of great history out there. Like during the Civil War, there was a battle raging around the Masonic College in Lexington, Missouri. And soldiers found these hemp bales. They were stacked up on the bank of the Missouri River waiting to be shipped downstream. They grabbed those hemp bales and used them as a movable breastwork to push up the hill and win what became known as the Battle of the Hemp Bales. And they still hold reenactments of this every, every so often in Lexington, Missouri. I want to check that out sometime. So I'm just still collecting a lot of information personally because there's so much stuff that's still coming out. And there's a lot of great history out there. Like in Vermont in 1830, good old Thaddeus Fairbanks was running the St. Johnsbury Hemp Company. And Thaddeus realized they needed a method to weigh all the hemp that was being grown in Vermont and upstate New York. So he invented a platform scale where you could just pull this wagon load of hemp right up on the scale and weigh it. This was very successful and the Fairbanks Scale Company is still in business today. So hemp has touched a lot of pieces of our lives throughout history and it continues to do so. Well, I can tell you, John, that I have crushed a lot of hemp stalks so I could get my own hemp stone going. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make some um, paper there. That's right. We, many of us, live in states where cannabis is re referred to as legal, uh, right. even though, of course, it's federally legal. And personally, I would call it commoditized as there's more rules and regulations than ever. And, and you know, the agencies to oversee it all, uh, it doesn't feel legal to me when people are still in jail and prison for cannabis. Um, but uh, I'm interested, you know, relating to that, what do you think of this arbitrary, you, you mentioned briefly the 0.3% the THC limit on hemp uh, that the government has instituted. You know, why is that a problem and how does that impact the hemp industry? Well, it's, it's just, it hamstrings the hemp industry. I call this a catch 422 because it, it does hamstring the hemp industry. It hurts American farmers and consumers and it reeks of reefer madness. I mean, they're over-regulating this poor plant, treating it like plutonium. And uh, in addition to that 0.3% limit, 
on THC, of course, as you know, marijuana is still classified as a Schedule One narcotic at a federal level. And until that we remove that, until we deschedule marijuana and remove this 0.3% limit, the hemp industry and the cannabis industry in general is not going to reach its full potential. So, and as I mentioned, you can all cannabis is hemp. So there are companies out there going around collecting stalks from marijuana grows, from CBD grows, because right now those stalks are just waste products. They're piling up in people's barns or they have to pay to get rid of them. But there's companies like Nine Fiber who's going out collecting the stalks and turning those into hemp products. So it, you know, all, all cannabis is hemp and we have to realize that and we have to stop over-regulating it because we're at the ground floor of creating a trillion dollar industry. I believe cannabis and hemp, we're, it's gonna be huge, but we have to stop over-regulating it. We have to get fair laws and we have to um, get you know, pe more people into the industry and starting companies. We need to have inventors and innovators to invent new machinery to harvest and process hemp and develop new products. There's the, the sky is the limit, but it's going to be a lot of hard work. So we and need you, your you, listeners. You mentioned that a lot of other countries have been ahead of America with hemp production. And a, a key point of hemp production is, is the processing facilities, right? That it takes to right. break the stuff down and, and turn into a raw usable product uh, commodity for the market. Um, we're pretty behind, aren't we, in, in as far as processing facilities? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to prohibition, marijuana prohibition and hemp has not been grown in America or wasn't grown until the after the 2018 Farm Bill, but all the research and development into the machinery to harvest and process cannabis stalks has has not happened. So we're we're starting at ground zero right now that we're have to invent, reinvent the wheel. It's basically we're trying to change the engine in an airplane while we're flying. You know, we're <laughs> trying to create the infrastructure, we're trying to create the demand for the products. And we're trying to create the products. So this is another catch 422 because it's a huge chicken and the egg problem where we have to, you know, get farmers to grow more hemp, but they're not going to grow it unless there's the infrastructure to process the stocks or if there's the products to turn the stocks into. And so that's why we all, you know, that's why everybody out there, all your listeners, we need to use more hemp. We need to create the demand for hemp so that our farmers will grow more hemp so that we can create more products and eventually the economies of scale will kick in and the prices will start coming down. But it's up to us to pay the higher prices now for the future benefit. So get hemp business cards, wear hemp clothing. I'm talking to hempologist Joan Dvorak. We're gonna take another break and come back with our final segment. So stick with us. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose, we're coming right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I am back with the amazing hippologist, John Dvorak. John, you have been just, you know, such a critical player in the national cannabis hemp movement. You know, it's, 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 it's really kind of like a, a club of folks. It's like a family, uh, you know, and that has exploded in the last 10 years, you know. Uh, there was a time when I felt like I knew everybody uh, who is involved in, in, in cannabis, you know, and hemp uh, almost across the country, almost in the world at one point. You know, I felt like I kind of at least knew who everybody was and knew the majority of people. And man, it has just really exploded. The word is out there and the young people uh, in a large part are getting it. Um, how exciting is that for you? It's, it's awesome. We really are. We're, get, we're getting to critical mass now. The ball is rolling down the hill. The toothpaste is out of the tube. And we're, you know, it is, especially on the medical marijuana and the CBD areas, people are healing themselves with all these cannabinoids. Cannabis is disruptive. And that way, you know, we're disrupting the medical sector. Hemp is going to disrupt the agriculture sector as people, as farmers try crop this plant, they can get three distinct revenue streams from one crop. The stalk can produce fiber, the seed can produce food and body care products. And of course the flowers can produce all sorts of cannabinoids. So three revenue streams from one crop, but farmers are really gonna benefit from this. John, humanity faces challenges unlike anything that we face since the beginning of mammals with maybe the possible exception of the ice age. One has to wonder if we have a future um, but if we do, what, what do you think the future of hemp is? I, you know, I really do think hemp can be used in just so many different things. And it can be, it can help with the building, in the building sector, architecture sector, or construction, I should say. The body care, as mentioned, hemp is, we're disrupting the medical industry with the cannabinoids, safe and effective cannabinoids. But hemp can also disrupt the uh, body care sector and the, the you know, the um, hemp food area, because there's hemp food is so nutritious, it's chock full of fiber, it's no cholesterol, it's got a lot of protein, omega-3, omega-6, essential fatty acids. And so it's just, there's just going to be so many different areas that hemp is going to be present in the bio, biodegradable plastics is going to be huge, tree-free paper and industrial products that hemp seed oil can be used for like lubricants, paints, finishes, biodiesel hemp seed oil. We can make fuel out of the stock. So we can really can use the environmental aspects of hemp to help clean this planet and make profitable products for companies and be a great crop for farmers to grow. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Jack Hare used to say hemp could save the planet. And it's really true because it's so easy and environmentally friendly to produce. And it, and it basically can touch every aspect of human life, right? Yeah, absolutely. It sure can. Speaking of every aspect of human life, we live in the age of conspiracy. Uh, and one of them is the Hearst 
Mellon DuPont conspiracy. Uh, Professor Dvorak, classes in session, and every cannabis uh, person likes their sessions. Uh, clear the smoke on this Hearst Mellon DuPont conspiracy business for us. Well, that is a common belief within the cannabis community that marijuana, that hemp was made illegal in the 1930s because it posed a threat to these industrialists, Hearst, Mellon, and DuPont, that they were so afraid that hemp was going to take over their profits that they made it illegal. But I found no evidence, no hard evidence to support this. In my opinion, hemp cultivation in America died out on its own in the 1800s based on a confluence of social and economic factors that decreased both the supply and demand for true hemp. And that's what they called cannabis hemp back then, true hemp, because there are other plants you can use to make that produce a fiber that you can turn into rope. Things like sisal from Mexico, jute from India and China, and manila hemp from the Philippines. During the 1800s, imports of all of these fibers flooded into America. Oftentimes, these fibers were cheaper than cannabis hemp, and sometimes they even served a purpose better than hemp rope or string. So wow. we used well, a lot more of those fibers all throughout the 1800s. The cotton well, gin. I, I'm, an, I, I'm an imbiber of the fiber, and, uh, <laughs> and I, we've wrapped up our time. John Dvorak. Okay. Hempology.org. I know you've heard this before, but you're a hempstorian, a hemposapien, an exemplary hempster of hempstoric proportions. You, you raise the temperature, and it's not just temporary. And I'm empathetic to your cause. Sorry, bro. I, I just couldn't hemp myself. Um, <laughs> but I got to say, Hempy Trails, thank you so much, man. You were such a rock star sure. in, in the, the movement and the culture. You've done so much. And it's just a pleasure to get your information out. Thank you, Vivian. You take care. My pleasure, bro. That concludes this installment of Hampers in on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice. Speak up for justice. The Hampers in introductory music is Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Wren, and the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stickleville. See you next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.